thought leaders throughout time have disagreed on a lot of different things and sometimes even gone to war over them. But they have all agreed on one thing centrally. And it doesn't matter if they're Baptist or Buddhist or anywhere in between. They've all agreed (laughs) on this one central principle, and that is that we, in fact, do become what we think about. Hey, welcome to the Live, Lead, Last podcast. I'm James Duvall, and I'm here with my incredible wife and co-host, Lisa. Hey, James, and hey, listeners. So, Lisa, your plate's been pretty full lately. Apart from full-time college work, you have been leveraging your strengths and skills in change management by working with me a lot in organizational shifts. So, tell us, how has that been going? Yeah, part of my life purpose is to facilitate change and growth. I love it. Stepping back into a full-time position to help transition your world has been extremely rewarding. I do feel like I'm maximizing my organization organizational skills and my relational skills for you are being leveraged in your world. But yes, along with full-time school, full-time mom of a full-time teenager, my life is feeling a little full. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. And you're killing it, I must say. So it's been kind of cool to watch you do that. So like all our episodes, uh, we want to start by saying thank you to each of you who have been a part of the growing community that tunes in each week for this podcast. We want you to know how grateful we are. All your comments on social media and sharing the post is really encouraging. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And it may not seem like a big act of generosity to you, but every time you share an episode of the podcast with your friends and family, it's a big deal to us. Word of mouth and your influence has the greatest impact on the growth of this show. We would love to hear feedback from all our listeners. James, you mentioned the idea of community. We want to serve you listeners as our community the best way we can. So shoot us a DM on Instagram or send us a voice message through the Anchor app or in the link in the show notes at www.liveleadlast.com and let us know if there are any topics that you would like us to talk about in the future or if there are any guests that you think would be a great add to the show. So on today's episode, we have our good friends, Greg and Julie Gorman. They are exceptional people. They love scuba diving, surfing, boating, and they love doing life with their kids. They're authors and speakers and marriage and business coaches. Together, they've written four books and produced multiple video-driven small group studies. They enjoy teaching and inspiring couples all over the world how to live purpose-focused, not problem-focused. They've shared the stage with many popular celebrity speakers such as Les Brown and John Maxwell, to name a few. Greg and Julie hold multiple certifications from a variety of organizations, including the Patterson Center, John C. Maxwell, and Personality Insights Institute. They, along with their children, make their home here in South Florida. Greg and Julie actually joke that they nearly killed one another, but learned how to love one another, and now they live to help other couples experience their own happily ever after. James, they're pretty amazing people, clearly. Yeah, you're going to love them today. So we talked about so much great stuff during this conversation that we decided to split it over two episodes. So Lisa, unless there's anything else, I think we should jump in. Sounds great. Greg and Julie, it's so good to have you guys on the podcast. We've had the opportunity to be friends with you for a few years now. You both are a wealth of wisdom, and we cannot wait to jump into this conversation. So thank you for taking time to join us today. Yeah, we really are pumped about having you guys with us on the show. And to start out, we know that there are pivotal decisions that we all make in life that have the opportunity to change the course and set a new direction for our lives. And when I hear your story and know a little bit about you, I think there are two pivotal decisions that I know of. I'm sure there's many more that I go back to and when I hear you guys talk. One is when you all joined the John Maxwell team. And the other one is what you refer to as the night 
of the fight. Oh, so boy. I'm wondering, <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering if you could give us a little bit of background on yourself by telling us about how you joined the John Maxwell team. And sure. we, we want to hear about the night of the fight. Yeah, are you sure you do? But uh, yeah, we'll talk about that in just a minute. I'll lead out just and talk about John and the John Maxwell team. We've been so blessed. We've been working with John now for about a decade. We joined his team right after he launched it. And uh, we've had the privilege of uh, having some great mentorship from him and his team now for, again, a full decade. We've done a lot of work with him all over the place. We've been overseas with him several times and, and worked with him on a couple of pretty big projects. One was in uh, Paraguay. Uh, another was in Guatemala. And we've just got a great network of friends and people that are like-minded. It's been such a great privilege to be a part of, of that particular community. They uplift us and encourage encourage us and we kind of just get to walk through life making a difference together and so it's been a great privilege now I'll let Julie kind of talk about our less beautiful side (laughs) (laughs) yeah well thanks for that Greg (laughs) no you know Greg and I've been married now for over two decades we've always loved one another passionately but we also fought just as passionately in those early years Mm mm-hmm and today we, we do love sharing the stage and doing some different things with the Maxwell organization, and, and it's a lot of fun. But early on, we just didn't have those leadership principles in our home. So we were two Christians that loved God passionately, loved one another passionately, and then again, we fought just as passionately. And so uh, the night, the fight that you're referring to, it was just one of those moments, the first two years, we fought every single day. At least once. At least once, (laughs) yeah. And and when we say, we were like two kids on the playground, wrestling around, calling each other names, and um, it it got physical. It really did. So that's an embarrassing part of our life. But that night in particular, I remember there was a different kind of a calm eeriness about it. And there was a, a weight and a heaviness that came with that night because we were fighting, have no idea what it was. But Greg just said, Julie, I love you, but I can't live like this anymore and he sped off in the SUV the screeching of the tires you know all of those things and I thought wow I had went through one divorce I didn't want to go through another and so that night that fight led me to my knees and I began to cry out to God telling God all the ways he should change Greg (laughs) and then God proceeded to tell me to quit being Greg's Holy Spirit to begin to find the things that I loved about him not all the things that were lacking and to love him like God had loved me. And that was really the introduction, I think, of the life change that took place because what God was asking me to do is to surrender my husband to him, to let him change in him the things that God thought needed to be changed, and then to let him change in me the whole sundry of a list that needed to be changed in me. So awesome. And I think it's really cool, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but how that moment probably was instrumental in what you guys do with marriages today. And then just the principles and part of the John Maxwell team and other things we're going to talk about have combined to really build the platform for what you do around the country today, which is really cool. Yeah, I think we learn the most in life. You know, we don't relish difficult times. We don't relish, you know, when we don't get it right. Like Julie and I were totally blowing it in the early days, like she talked about. But I find that as I reflect over my life, and I'm betting y'all are the same and your listeners are the same too, that we learn the most valuable things during our difficult seasons, during the times maybe even when we don't get it right. And so the, the one thing that God's blessed us with is he's really helped us over the years to really harvest the good from the difficult times. And I think that 
where that becomes such an asset for what we do now with both individuals and couples is, man, we've lived life. You know, we blown just about it every way you could. And so I think people really tend to sense that they're no in judgment. a truly no judgment zone when, when they're working with us because we don't have any judgment on that other people. Great. And we think that you can learn a lot from the difficult seasons in life. It's kind of like where, where Jesus said, he who's been forgiven much loves much. Yeah. And I think that yeah. that love yeah. isn't just for our father, but for others, because anybody could have looked at those snapshots of our life and judged us. Dismissed. And some did. <laughs> did. Or dismissed us or dismissed our value. But what right. we really learned in those early years is that unconditional love is the foundation for every healthy relationship. And that's for one another, for our children, for our workplace people, for whoever we're coming in contact with is, is to try to really truly see them with the eyes of Christ. One of the things I love about you guys is that, you know, your Instagram, social media, Facebook life is so pretty and, you know, and you, you have years of wisdom that you've grown from. And so even just exposing, being vulnerable to go, yeah, it got physical, things were not so cute. Um, it gives people hope, I think, of going, you know, you can be in a mess right now, but you don't have to be stay in a mess. Uh, I love that. And obviously we're vulnerable to know we're all still at a work in progress, but um, I just think it's we see that life on social media and Instagram, and we think, oh, it must be this way, or we have perceptions. The truth is, you guys are have such a rich history together, and it's beautiful, so I love <laughs> well, it. Well, it's kind of like what Lance Witt talks about, the backstage and front stage. You actually know, you've experienced a, a rough backstage, so yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're, you have compassion, empathy for, for leaders and for couples that you work with that... It's not always pretty. Well, Julie and I just had so much baggage, you know, and and when we're carrying all that baggage around, this is just not exclusive to our marriage relationship. You know, it affects all areas of our life. And that's where it really becomes a a leadership question in a way, too, because, again, all of these things, it's kind of the old adage, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger, right? And so (laughs) we're pretty strong, I think, because (laughs) (laughs) we've had so many different challenges over the years, and you're right, in social media, sometimes you can see things at a snapshot, and it looks like it's all pretty, but even today, you know, I mean, people look at our relationship, and they say, gosh, you know, I really want that, and what we passionately want people to know is whatever relationship it is it takes work it really does it's just like anything else in life it takes maintenance too yeah Mm -hmm. and I think often in life whether it's a work relationship our business or whether it's you know certainly within our marriage that's one of those areas that sometimes we forget that we just need to to polish it up sometimes we need to be intentional and we need to work to to be intentional, to yeah. tune it up. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's so good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you guys are prolific. Prolific. You, what is that word? Prolific. Prolific. You guys, you guys are prolific <laughs> content creators. You've written four books, produced multiple video-driven small group studies. On top of that, you are life plan coaches, which we're going to get to that here in a little bit. You travel and speak around the country, and if that's not enough... You have a home health care company as well. So with all of that going on, what are some things you do to be intentional about living your best lives individually and as a couple? Wow. You just made me exhausted. By that. <laughs> I'm tired. I know, right? You know, it actually goes back to what Greg was just saying. It's, it's the intentionality. I remember reading an article recently in Time Magazine, and they said that the number one really destroyer for relationships is complacency and familiarity. 
right? Because every spouse desires a spouse that sees them for who they are, but yet brings out the best in who they are, right? And so for us, as we're working, as we're doing different things, we have to be really careful to safeguard our relationship first because it's what's most important to us aside from our relationship with Christ. And so it really comes to this place of there are a lot of got-tos on any given day. There's a list. There's a a, a long list. A lot of moving parts. Yeah, of responsibilities. (laughs) And so what we want to try to do is we want to make sure that we're also safeguarding for the get-tos. So not Mm. just the got-tos of life. So when we look back, we pan back and say, okay, what's most important in our life? And once we isolate that, we're like, okay, well, what's most important right now then? There's this wobble in life that if you get too busy in one season and you stay in that season too long, it doesn't produce life. So if we give too much attention to the businesses and all the things you're saying, right. but don't pay attention to our family, then that, that's going to suffer. And so when we look at it, we're like, okay, physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, those components of our life, we call them pies, okay. physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. Not flies, pies. Not, not pies. pies, pies. Okay. Nobody likes flies, but I everybody likes pies. Right. Yeah. Pie we got girl. three Southern accents going on here. <laughs> so we like the pies. And so that physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual, what we start asking ourselves is, okay, how do we replenish in these areas? So for Greg, Greg loves to work out. For me, that would be a got to of life, right? So for me, a get to would be maybe sitting by the beach or taking a walk by the beach that would physically replenish me. So we look at those areas of life. And we begin to try to safeguard and manage for those things so that we can stay connected. Excellent. So good. So good. Yeah. And the other thing that I would add is that for couples too. So, so what you just said, like that's really important, I think, for all of us. Just, And I think breaking those down and looking at each one of those components individually is the key. If we pre-plan and we think just specifically what physically replenishes me what makes me feel better physically if I'm physically drained other than a nap of course you know (laughs) again intellectually what what stimulates you intellectually what stimulates you spiritually and and replenishes you and so on and the the other thing that we do and we again as Julie said we have to be intentional and safeguard against this is we look at where there's crossover in what we love to do to replenish together too yeah. And I think that's a, something that, um, again, whether whether it's a business team, you know, my team, I just had a conversation with one of my clients recently, a business client, and uh, he was getting ready to have a get-together after work. And he's like, ah, I've never really done this before. I'm not sure. And so I'm like, what is it that you're trying to accomplish, really? Well, most of us, when we're having a get-together after work, it's so that we can see each other in a different through a different lens than just at work we want to bond with those people we want to get to know them as a person we want to maybe even get to know their family and so we just had a brief conversation about how he could be really intentional to make it not about work not about him and all about them and so I think that that same thing plays in our marriage relationships is what can we do to connect and make it all about us or all about her and as our kids, you know, I think about parenting, too, as we've been raising our kids, that, that's morphed over the years. You know, when they were little, it was a lot easier just to juggle everyone's schedule. But you can also be really intentional to do physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual connection with your kids. Just say, hey, no chores this week. We're going to go to the beach, right? So that you're having that time to emotionally and intellectually or even in a spiritual way uh, connect with kids 
and, yeah. and get to know them and what they're they're struggling with on any given week as well. So good. I recently had a conversation with Phil Jackson, and he lost 130-some pounds. Right. Wow. Some people may remember that from the podcast. And just reminded me, he talked about the physical change in his life only happened when he dealt with the spiritual and the wow. emotional side. So that, all connected. So it's, yeah. it's all connected. You can't just focus on one piece and think you're going to be fine. It really is all connected. One of the things I personally appreciate about your teaching is how you apply leadership principles into writing and coaching marriages. A great example of this is your latest book, uh, Married for a Purpose, a New Habits for Thinking for a Higher Way of Living. Can you share a little bit where the leadership emphasis comes from and talk to us a little bit about that book? Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks for asking about that, James. It really comes down to our core philosophy of, of coaching and really in life and in business, and in marriage, and parenting, and so on and so forth. And what we found is, is that thought leaders throughout time have disagreed on a lot of different things, and sometimes even gone to war over them. <laughs> but they have all agreed on one thing, centrally. And it doesn't matter if they're Baptist or Buddhist or anywhere in between. <laughs> They've all agreed right. on this one central principle, and that is that we, in fact, do become what we think about. King Solomon said that as we think in our hearts, so we become. Julie and I like to say we gravitate towards what it is that we contemplate. And so it's really important for us to think about what we're thinking about. Sounds kind of funny, but it's the truth because most of the time we don't. The world moves pretty fast and there's lots of things coming at us all the time. And if we're not careful, we can just not be leveraging our thought in a way that serves us very well. And so this particular book is, you know, it's, it's written for busy couples, but it could be for an individual. But the idea was really people are super busy today. We're super busy, right? And so understanding that before we wrote this uh, devotional, really, we decided we would write a, a short devo for each and every week. So that way couples just could come together and at least have one meaningful conversation about their marriage each and every week. And we focus on what it is that you want in life. So that's why it's a higher way of thinking, you know. If we think about the things that we do want, then if we gravitate towards what we contemplate or we become what we think about, then those thoughts begin to serve us in our relationship and in all other areas in life. So the idea is just have a a meaningful conversation about our relationship each and every week. And uh, over the course of of a year, you improve 1% each week, you're at least 52% better at the end of the year. And that's without compounding. (laughs) (laughs) So the idea is just to take one central concept and say, okay, rather than trying to read through a book and get it done, it's to take one idea, one concept and think, okay, how do I apply that again, practically? How do I apply that spiritually? How does this relate to me in my relationship, in my business with my kids? So it might be something like diversity, right, Um, or building on common ground. If a team comes in at a problem, you have one, maybe the sales team is over here telling all the reasons why, and then you have the the fulfillment department over here trying to, and the admin, and then the leadership, and you've got all these different opinions about it. But what we know about business still applies in the home as well. Any strength of the team is in its diversity. So the book is designed in such a way that it really causes people to stop and think, okay, what do we want? What do we agree on? And how can we live into this one concept? 
that we we both desire. So it's seeing the best, believing the best, speaking the best. Concepts like living like a tourist, right? So those are some of the get-tos, not yeah. the got-tos of life. And it really is just centering in on one central concept and saying, okay, how can I live out this value-based, leadership-based principle in my home, in my business, and in my family? Yeah, it just gives you one thing to focus on instead of 15 <laughs> things to yeah. focus on. So each week has a thought assignment. So we might say in one particular week, catch, catch your spouse doing something right. You could take that to work and say, catch your team doing something right this week. And if you focus on that, then you cite it, you know. And it's interesting how it just, man, it just literally with these kind of little thought assignments, how you begin to find what you're looking for. And it brightens your day, let alone the people around you. Well, I love it. I would say it's unlike any other marriage book because it really has such great leadership principles in it. And one of the things that we talk about on this podcast is just the congruency of life. That mm-hmm. really, right. you know, you shouldn't be a different person at work than you are in your home. You have right? one big life. You have one big life. That's and so good. leadership principles work in the business, in the marketplace, and they work in the home. I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes for right. our listeners because it's such a great relationship book. But there are, like you said, there's such great leadership principles that can be um, for teams as well. It's it awesome. is definitely a doable thing to invest one time a week in your marriage relationship. So you're going to win. You're going to win. It's not every day. It's one time a week. It's so good. Well, it's a safe book. You're not going to find anything in there like, Lisa, what would you like to change about James? Right? Those are dangerous Uh, questions that we've actually found in different devotional books. So this is all... There's no steer, staring intently into your no, spouse's no, eyes no, for no. Yeah. I'm a man's man. I can't, you can't know do that, saying. man. Yeah. I do was it. thinking, you know, maybe the guys who would really hate that, and so you just set them free, but we probably have some females out there that that would be pretty torturous to them, right. too. And mm-hmm. so, hey, I will say, though, like for us, one of the things that we try to do when working with married couples is try to make it as masculine as possible. Yep. And I will say that this is a guy's book for marriage, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. You know, wives, if you want to get your husband's something to read to help your marriage, give them this devotional. When I read it, it was just like, oh, this makes sense to me mm. in a different mm-hmm. level than other marriage books. Well, and I think that's a great point. All all of our material is, is written with the man in mind. And it's yeah. not that it doesn't have female aspects about yeah. it, but girls are a little bit easier to bring along in this relationship stuff. And I don't mean to be stereotypical. It's just, listen, per our experience, a couple of decades of working with with couples, most of us guys would rather take a freaking two-by-four to the face rather than go to a <laughs> marriage conference, yeah. you know. And I appreciate it. I've been to several of your all's rollouts and appreciate that you guys focus on that as as well because I think it makes a big difference. And the male and female both find themselves very engaged and enjoying enjoying the process. Yeah, yeah. That's great. You know, in marriages, I think, you know, we can be invested into leadership and our work, other relationships, but marriages sometimes we are not as intentional. Mm-hmm. And so, especially if we have any listeners that aren't that intentional right now, this is a great toe in the water to go, we need to do something, we need to do it now because it's getting ahead of conversations and strengthening your marriage. It's great. So we'll pause the conversation there and plan to pick it up next week with Greg and Julie. I love the idea Greg shared that we gravitate to what we contemplate. As individuals, as leaders, we should really pay close attention to our thought life and what we're feeding it. My thought life, James, you know this personally, sometimes gets the best of me. I've been le- I have learned intentionality is key. Daily reviewing my affirmations. Sometimes I call them declarations and it's on purpose because sometimes I need a declarative statement 
spoken over myself and my mind. That's so good. My everyday declarative statements is I am faithful. I'm faithful in God's word. I'm faithful in growing in prayer. I'm consistent. I'm consistent in eating and exercise. I am kind. I think before I speak. I speak softly. I am relational. I lighten a room. I add value to people. Those are my daily affirmations, sometimes declarations over my life. More recently in my quiet time, I've come away with an idea to have a new declaration that I would add to my regular rhythm of affirmations over my life. This keeps me mindful, growing, and keeping a fresh new word of action over my life. Journaling for me is also a critical way of me keeping my mind in in the right space and place. Last year, I believe it was, I gave myself permission to just unload in my journal. My journal entries some days look artsy and cute. Some days they are wet because I've cried and the ink is smeared on it. And then some days it looks like I'm just sorting facts and feelings and trying to organize my emotions. But it's so helpful in being mindful about my mind. That's really good. You know, the old cliche has a lot of truth to it. Garbage in, garbage out. It's important that we feed our thought life things that are healthy and life-giving. Actually, the Apostle Paul taught, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And I think that's a great standard for us to feed our thought life with. There's this little book by a guy named James Allen that was originally published in 1903. It's called As a Man Thinketh, which I would really encourage you to pick up and read through. It really deals with this whole idea that our thought life really determines the way we live and the way we act. You know, James just made me think of one of the books that I love and is a regular read for me yearly is Switch on Your Brain by Dr. Carolyn Leaf. It's the science behind your brain. It's a really great read to get your brain and mind under control. Cool. I'll put both of those in the show notes. Perfect. Well, I think this is about a wrap for this week's show. Please remember to download the Anchor app or get the link in the show notes at www.liveleadlast.com and send us a voice message to leave your comments and feedback. Also, please continue to help us get the word out by sharing the podcast and telling your friends about it. If you would like to take a few minutes to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, we would appreciate it. You can follow us on Instagram Instagram and Facebook at Live Lead Last Podcast. We say it every week, but we're going to say it again. The way you live your life and leverage your influence today will determine the legacy you leave tomorrow. So until next week, bye-bye.